0: We can uh, we can go ahead and jump right in though. Um, we are here with Mister the only, the one, the only, uh, Mister Pastor Chip Luter. Um Wow! Welcome, yeah, welcome, dude.
1: I'm impressed, man. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm glad to be a part, man. Uh, glad to be uh, with you guys. Um, I apologize if in the beginning of this time together I have a, a little bit of uh, food going on. Um, you know, got me some frozen peas that I microwaved, and but look, I'm so happy to be. With Greg and Scott, you know, you, you guys, we go way back to our days in Tampa. Uh, some of my favorite people, um, and especially Greg. Greg suffered through some Marvel movies with me, you know, <laughs> and so uh, really good to see him.
0: It's been since um since you well you've moved away and I've also moved away from Tampa, but my Marvel watching in the theaters is is it's not the same, you know.
1: It, I will, I will admit that It is not the same. I'm still going, but I, I will say there was definitely. There was a lot of dialogue we had going to yeah, some movies. Uh, exactly. <laughs> together,
0: so. um, well. But, dude, I appreciate you joining us for and just hanging out with us. We, um, You asked us before we hit record why, you know, how this podcast start. It yeah. started from an idea, one, Scott and I just wanting to hang out with each other. And two, of just like, I don't know, we live in a world increasingly where people can't just have normal conversations. Everything seems so to true. be zero to 100, really quick. Um, nobody, nobody seems to be able to talk about things, especially difficult things without blowing up or, you know, getting very just like one-sided or argumentative or whatever it may be. And so we just started a podcast, one, to hang out with each other and two, to talk about some of the things that people were talking about, um, but in a loving and, and nuanced way. So, uh, but it's been, it's been really cool. I mean... Scott, what's this now like our episode like 46 or something?
2: Uh yes, yeah, so it's probably about episode 46, but then also the book club uh mm. book club episodes. So we're well over 40. or well yeah. over 50, I mean. We did like a 10 or 12 week thing through um Color Compromise
0: by Jamar Tisby. I don't know if you ever oh, read it.
2: Great stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, but we did like a 12 week thing through that going like chapter by chapter, which that was great too. Had a lot of it, a lot of people read it with us and then a lot, yeah. a lot of conversations and stuff came out of it too. It was really, it was really cool. Um, right. but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been interesting. It's been, it's been cool to see how the podcast is, uh, has, has kind of grown and and impact other people out of something that Scott and I did just out of selfishly to have a community yeah. with each other.
2: So. And I mean, the biggest thing for me is just the, you know, at at minimum Greg and I get to talk for an hour a week. And so like that's that's just a chill thing to do. So I I really enjoyed that.
1: I love it, bro. No, and I, I love the community aspect and, and the connection part. Uh I agree with you. Uh it is it has been so weird since 2020 to hear uh just how conversations have gone. And uh I, I think the part that I struggle with the most is when people don't know the difference between uh when somebody's speaking out of ignorance and when somebody's just being plain foolish and dumb mm-hmm. and stupid and uh evil with evil intent. I, I think there's mm. an ignorance to all of our lives that will say things that that will be oh he, or he's obviously talking because he there's just either a limited perspective or limited experiences. Um and so I, I try not to get highly upset and angry over ignorance because mm. you're just not informed. Wow. It's just manage expectations. But what gets me upset is when somebody willingly and knowing with an intent does and say things. And so I'm glad you guys have something like this to give people a and example. Hey, man, let's just have a conversation. We're not going to solve all all the problems of the world, uh, but we can make sure our relationship continues to build and we impact the bills that we get in conversations with outside Mm -hmm. of this.
0: Yeah, dude. I remember when we had a conversation years ago now, but I was asking you Gosh, it might have been the 2016 election or something. Or I asked mm-hmm. you if people down in Sulphur Springs where uh, you were a campus pastor for, gosh, five, six years. How many years were you down there?
1: I mean, May, May last year would have made six years, but we left in March.
0: Okay. Uh, I remember asking you if people down there are political or really, like, involved in election mm-hmm. or not. And I remember having this discussion with you, basically coming to the conclusion of, like, you don't get very political uh, on stage or whatever it is, because you don't want to alienate anybody in your in your congregation. Like it's yeah. not about that. It's not about that. And people get so hung up on <clears throat> their ideals and their, you know, just kind of they get so hung up on secondary issues other than the gospel, and it can alienate people when we focus on yeah. and divide people over those things. You know, um, but it's something that stuck man. with me for a long time. Um, and I know yeah. as a pastor, like how has it been? navigating some of those more difficult issues, you know, being a pastor in the past couple of years. We've talked to Andrew and Chris about it, kind of about some younger generations, but I know you have more of a, you are over people that are probably more concerned about it than a 12 year old playing Fortnite, you know?
2: <laughs> well, even, even before you answer that, like let's, yeah. uh, what is your, what is your current role? Like, what are you doing back in New Orleans? You were in Tampa for a little bit as a campus pastor. And now, what are you mm-hmm. doing uh, in New Orleans, back in yeah, New Orleans? Uh,
1: Yes, yeah, so I had the privilege of uh getting on back on staff uh with my dad again, uh, but no longer as a youth adult pastor, because that's what I was before I came to Ottawa. I was a youth and adult pastor for five years. Uh, but now I'm back as the senior associate pastor or uh, mm-hmm. aka sat. Uh that's literally what I told my dad. I said, Okay, you gave me SAP. You made me a SAP. <laughs> that sounds about right, Pop. Uh and so uh and in that role, um I'm not only in um just a, just any senior associate pastor this role is strategically placed uh for succession planning uh that in god's timing and his way uh for me to become eventually the senior pastor mm-hmm. uh, so i can t- so i can take the associate out of the middle of the s and the p and just become <laughs> a uh, senior pastor but uh but that's in god's time and what he wants to mm-hmm. do uh so but mainly my responsibilities right now because we are currently without a youth and adult pastor and our children's is part-time I'm uh, kind of, you know, helping shepherd our next generation area and really kind of help kind of build that out uh, to really for the future. Uh, mm-hmm. So that by the time we do hire a new person, we're not hiring a new person to build the ministry that we want to. Franklin Frank, Frank needs to have its own identity and DNA of how we reach young people. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes in and, and uh, ingratiates to that and just adds their own gifting and ability set. So What's been, what, and that has been a challenge in the past. Uh, I did it differently when I was in place. And then the guy who came after me, he did it differently. And we just noticed what that did to the church over time, that uh, those who were comfortable with that leader, when that leader left, it was almost like, well, we got to reboot the ministry because we did everything that that leader said. No. And uh, and from what I mean, I also got to give credit, uh, what credit's due to uh, what I got to uh, see you guys do in the student ministry at Idlewild, that um, even though you had some uh, good uh, good leaders, there was just an identity of, hey, here's how Idaho reaches young people. Mm-hmm. And then if a leader moves on, if God calls them somewhere else or they're in a position, then somebody else is going to come in. But they still um, uh, ingratiate to the identity and to the DNA of what's already there and not trying to reboot and blow everything up and rename mm-hmm. everything. So that's yeah. really kind of my responsibility. And then I'm also working with the media ministry um, as well as our music ministry. So uh, media, music and next generation are my uh, main areas of uh, oh, wow. spe- uh, specifics at this time?
2: That's kind gotcha. of
0: cool. That's a that's lot. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it where it becomes personality driven, and then you know, there's a shift, and then it just it's like, yeah. what do we, where do we go from here? You know?
1: Yeah, it's very true, man. Very true.
0: Yeah, dude, that's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, um, and, and to answer that question, though, but um, you know, I think one of the things I learned a lot from my dad uh, on that. Too, I don't think I'd be how I am on a pulpit today with politics, if one for my dad. I watched him do a great job his, uh, historically in all of my life of not getting political on stage. And one of the things I would have to admit though, one of the things about when you get, when you, if you do ministry in New Orleans long enough, you'll find out that um, it, it really doesn't get you far because here's what you find out. And I'm just talking about knowing, before I was ever exposed to national politics, here's what I <laughs> learned in New Orleans. Everybody's crooked. <laughs> Everybody's got an agenda. Like, like, man, the the the, the politics in New Orleans and in Louisiana, uh, it's gonna it, it it teaches you very early on. No matter if you're the Democrat who says I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for this or the Republican I'm gonna stand for this. Listen, everybody has an agenda and an interest, Uh mm. even if they look like they're gonna do the best for your community, man. Everybody. Matter of fact, one of my one of the stories I just want to give names to it, but I'll, I'll never forget my dad one time in his whole pastoral career broke his rule mm-hmm. he never endorsed anybody from the pulpit or from in conversation like he never but this one time he did and the only reason he did it, it was because one it was a person running for i think uh city council and it represented the area that he grew up in so it was an old mm-hmm. neighborhood that he grew up mm-hmm. in and the only reason he had no problem endorsing this candidate was because the the uh the opposing candidate was a known crook. Like it, it there mm-hmm. was like art it was like, it was like known that he'd done some bad stuff in the past and all that. So so it was like it was a no brainer. Uh, it wasn't even party driven. It was just this guy's a known crook. Yeah. <laughs> and then now, how a known crook got on the ballot once again—that's New Orleans. <laughs> but <laughs> but then uh, but man, they voted this guy in. The guy my dad endorsed. He came in, and man, it disappointed my dad to the mm. gut. This guy got in that job and started doing some of the same things mm. that the other guy was doing, and mm. so, so I think, so with that, just just seeing the impact of if if you really if you use that equity, that um, influence, and that equity on the pulpit um, to get political, um, and you you don't know tomorrow, you don't know the future,
0: mm. and so
1: you could really hurt. Somebody's uh faith in Christ and hurt somebody's maturity because oh, wait this person that our pastor does. So what happened there? uh But then the other thing, a big, the big thing for me personally these days is just to look at the Great Commission and say, um, you know, if we're going to really reach all nations, we can't engage in things that divide us. Mm-hmm. um And 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 try to. Uh, and so I heard a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Pastor Samuel Lopez in San Antonio, said, "Chip, the enemy is really good at trying to get us uh, to divide our nations." So that we don't go out and make and uh, make disciples of all nations. Mm. So you're thinking about mm. all the ethnicities and all the um, uh, all the backgrounds we come from. Well, if I sign on, it's one thing if I do something privately. When I go into the ballot box and I vote, that's that's me and God, that that's me, God, and the vote, that's us. But it's another thing if I use my platform and my pulpit to do that because at, at some point there's gonna be a lost person who's going to be lean, who's gonna be lean politically different than me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't, and if I can't reach that lost person, if I'm a staunch Republican and I can't reach the lost Democrat, staunch Democrat, I can't reach the lost Republican, well, then now we're no longer great commission. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. we're great commission of, I will make disciples of all tribes that I align with.
0: Yeah. Or that agree with
1: me. Of a or that agree with me.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think, I, I think generally we go into so many conversations today already. One, we don't like, we're not listening. We're just waiting to respond first off. And then secondly, it doesn't even matter what the other person says, because they're not going to, we're so sure in our mind that they're not going to change our mind about it, that we don't even listen to their argument fully, if that makes Mm. sense. Um, I mean, so many, so many things. I mean, and like, we're this way about the gospel as it's, as itself, like in the world we live today, like it can be difficult to share the gospel, you know, it can, and we don't need we don't need additional things on top of that, that we're having to try to sort through to feel like we can even get to the gospel in the first place. Like we're just putting up all these barriers, um, that then just hinder us from being able to share easier and more, you know, and more effectively. And I think some
1: of it is also, the, it's also the expectation of what we really believe we can really accomplish while on earth. Uh, I heard, um, one study we did in the Springs and this was way even before 2020. Um, I think it was probably maybe 2017 or, but we had, a, um, had a study and uh there was a a, a a teacher that said when it comes to engaging how, how do you engage the engage the culture without losing the gospel that was the main crux of this this study engaging hmm. the culture without losing the gospel we still want to engage the culture and engage all the political and cultural issues but how do you do it without without um losing the gospel in the process or compromising and and he said listen we it, it's we have to remember that at some point Jesus is coming back and he's going to set everything straight. Like he's going to make everything right the way it's supposed to be. And so what we're basically, we, there's wisdom in the balance of two extremes. We can't just not do anything and just wait for Jesus. Like, say, well, I'm just going to sit, I'm not going to engage any topic. I'm not going to try to make any of a difference because well, that'll be Jesus' job when he comes back. But then on the other side, we can't go so hard at it to where, um, we forget what well, he is coming back. So even if I put all my effort in this, and we lose, well, that's okay because in the end we still win.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: that was one of the great things. And you know, and honestly, I mean, don't want to get too controversial with our conversations, but I really think that's where I stand right now with the abortion issue. Um, I, mm. I, I really, you know, as much as I I, I believe in pro life, I believe that we need to have, make every effort to save every child in the womb as well as outside of the womb to the tomb. Uh, but sometimes when I look at uh, people who are pro-life, there's sometimes I see some people go hard at it where it's like, oh, God is depending on you to get this right before mm-hmm. Jesus Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I'll say the same thing with race. I can say, listen, I, I had a very uh, good pastor, a guy in y'all town, uh, Darrell Williamson, a uh, uh, great pastor in uh, in Tampa. And I remember when me and him, when, we were, when I was in those Chip Chat conversations, uh, I remember he said something really jarring to me. He says, Chip, one thing we gotta be prepared for is that what if some of the people, when it comes to this issue of race, what if they never change?
2: Mm-hmm. What if
1: there are those that we could never have racial reconciliation with? Because it's just the way it is going to it's going to be until mm-hmm. Jesus comes back. How do wow. we even handle that? And and that was a really good thought, because even as we, how we engage issues of racial reconciliation, we can't be like, well, there's nothing we can do about it. It's too much history. Then we can change. And then at the same time, we can't go at it. And then if we try to make change and it doesn't happen, we feel like, oh, see, that's you know, we get frustrated. Well, no, mm. Jesus is coming back. So I do as much as I can. And the things that I can't accomplish, I just trust that when Christ comes back, he'll mm. make all things right. Mm.
0: Yeah, Scott, where do you feel like you fall on that spectrum? Of, sorry, I made to cut you off. I was gonna say, I was asking, because was I feel like I've talked about where I, I definitely feel on the like, well, like, almost like, a, I don't know, like, a, well, Jesus Nihilist is coming almost. back. Oh, yeah, like Jesus is coming back one day, he's gonna fix it. Like, is it really, yeah. is it like I'm gonna do what I can, but is it really even doing anything? You know, it's like that feeling of like almost being up against a mountain that's too high to climb on some of those issues, like yeah. race and abortion. Like, and so I where do you even, fall in that?
2: I, for me, the the place I fall in it is almost I I see how people around me like how they believe and how they think and what they say, and it's it's just oh, I'm never gonna change their mind. So what's the point of even having that conversation? Um, or if I do bring up that topic, I know they're just going to get mad and it's not going to be good. Like, I don't want to make this person mad. I don't want to hurt the relationship that I have. Um, and so I'm just going to steer away from conversations that would be difficult. But I think, you know, like you were saying, Chip, like you you need to have those uh, conversations. And, you know, part of what this podcast is hopefully doing is opening up people's minds to conversations that they wouldn't have had before. Uh, and I know, you know, for me, at least. Uh, just putting little seeds of not doubt, but putting seeds of a different way of thinking into people's Mm -hmm. brains of like, oh, maybe, maybe there is something different. I saw on, uh, somebody's Instagram post, I forget the exact context, but it was essentially saying how he was talking to, uh, somebody of a completely different culture of his. And Mm -hmm. the guy that he was talking to was just saying, oh that's just, that's just the Asian culture. That's not the Mm -hmm. way it is. That's just the Asian culture. Mm -hmm. And then the guy who was Asian was like, well, you need to understand that your way of thinking is just your culture. And then the guy is like, no, that's, that's how it is. And I think (laughs) that's one of the biggest things is like, we assume the way we were raised in our culture, like that's the right way. Mm -hmm. There's no other way, but in reality, like there's so many cultures out there that think completely differently um and like when we start opening our eyes to you know all right maybe this person is believing the way they do or maybe this person has these uh has these thoughts because of their culture like we need to be more open to that um but chip one of the things i was going to even bring back to you is like yeah i always i we were never super close in uh when you were in tampa but we had some great conversations I, i even you know leaned on you for some uh for some wisdom and guidance and and different things. And I've always appreciated uh, that from you. Uh, But one of the things I noticed about you is you're always, you're probably one of the most happy people that I know, at least from a, (laughs) at least from a distance. That's my wife. My wife makes (laughs) me yeah, it'll, it, it does seem like you're always joyful, like you always do have a smile. But then I know you you do deal with, um, you know, certain things and, you know, life happens and, you know, we all have those struggles. And so my question to you is, like, even in the midst of, uh, you know, moving from New Orleans where you're comfortable and you know mm-hmm. like that, you know, th- you know, New Orleans, like that's your that's your base, like you're chilling there. And then you mm-hmm. come to Tampa, you're completely out of your element. And then you start to develop relationships and kind of, you know, ground yourself here. Like, how did you remain so joyful? Like, that's just one of the things (laughs) I've always wondered is like, you just seem like a happy person. And maybe I'm wrong, but (laughs) uh, you do uh, seem like you have have a lot of joy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, uh, just, you know, being transparent, you know, one, and I don't want to sound sound too spiritual, but, you know, the joy of the Lord really is your strength. Uh, I Mm. think there are, um, I think there are things that, do frustrate me and I probably have my more, my more um, private moments of frustration or mm-hmm. uh, rarely uh, do I let a lot of my emotions come out publicly. Uh, you know, like, you know, even, even in 2020, I mean, there were, you know, you know, so I was talking, there were just some staff meetings that I just had to have a staff, I had a smile on my face because mm-hmm. I, I want, um, and, and, and some of that's not, I'm not saying it's all good, it's all bad, it's just kind of reality that there is, a, right. uh, th- there is a sense where if, uh, if something frustrates me, um, I try not to always wear it on my sleeves, mm-hmm. I wear it out on my sleeve, um, um, that uh, I have confidence, I have people that I can, um, you know, confide in and let it all out uh, mm-hmm. to. I'm sure just yeah. even as married guys, you know, we are always grateful to have another married man who say, hey, man, listen, I need to get this off my chest. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I can't say this when I go home, but I can say <laughs> this now. And uh, it so. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, one, um, you know, I get a lot from my dad. Uh, my dad's a very joyful uh, person mm. and uh, and doesn't let like, get things get to him uh, too bad. And so uh, I think but I think another thing is just 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 laughter. Um, you know, I, I think I, I try to do my best. I know I take the Lord seriously and his word seriously and what he what he's called me to do in my life. But try to take, mm. try not to try not to take myself too seriously. Um, and so, uh, so I think one of the things that has helped me, uh, you know, stay in this, in, in this state is, uh, is, is just one really being the joy of the Lord being your strength. That mm-hmm. even in times when I'm upset and I'm angry, uh, I try to find ways to still see the joy of the Lord, still see God's grace and his mercy. Um, uh, but on the flip side and just in a very human, uh, natural, uh, in, in the flesh, I, I do think that there are probably sometimes I probably should be, <laughs> Uh, more okay uh, with letting my emotions show uh, mm, because because wow. uh, sometimes it, sometimes they may not show because I I don't want to create an awkward situation and yeah. so I'm trying to uh, you, know, mainly, you know I'm a PK but I've been in ministry uh, all my life and so there's always this sense for me. I'm not saying it's for every PK, but I know for me, there's always a sense where I don't want to make anybody else feel awkward or feel uncomfortable. So Mm. I'm not going to really show what I'm feeling, uh, emotionally, but then on the flip side, there are some things that don't really get me down because, you know, I, some of it is to be expected, um and some of it is just uh it's just life and you're just learning so uh i hope wow. I was, i've never had to answer a question like that so i hope uh i, I tried to be as open as i could on that one but i don't think anybody, anybody's ever asked me that man so you know uh, well
2: that was a that was a great answer and and you know it's it was definitely a selfish question even because that's one of the things I want, I want to be known for like the joy that I have. I don't want to be known for like, Oh, that's the guy that pops off at this issue. Or that's the guy that, you know, is really passionate about, uh, you know, making money or, or whatever. Maybe I want, I want people to, to look at me and be like, wow, that guy, that guy's joyful. Um, and one of the things you said though, is that you, uh, want to be more willing to make it you know, have the awkward conversations or, you know, make somebody else uncomfortable because of you feel a certain way about an issue and you, you want to bring it up. And I think that's, that's what the crux of having a good conversation is, is, you know, being willing to Mm. make it awkward and then getting through that awkwardness. Um, But that's, that's so difficult.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and then personalities matter too, right? I mean, I, I think there are, in, when me being such an extrovert, there are, there are times that um, I could be more intentional to, hey, we don't have to have a happy moment. This could be more mm-hmm. mellow. And then there are times as a as an introvert, you say, no, things don't have to be so mellow. You can't have a little bit of fun, a little bit of joy. Here. So yeah. I think it's even learning that the older we get is just yeah. how we manage. You know, the, God's given these personalities for a reason. He's given us this mm-hmm. way, how we're wired, because we all engage people in different wow. ways uh because of the way we're wired. So I think some of that has to uh, has to do with it uh too. And uh and then if I also just peel about eating from own life, if you, if you come around my family, uh you'll probably see why I am the way I am. Uh it's never a dull moment. Uh <laughs> it is how many uh, kids do you have? Yeah. Uh man, we got two and uh, one on the way. And gotcha. so uh yeah if you if, if you were here in this house when Drew and Zoe are here, whew <laughs>
0: yeah and having uh, yeah, kids yeah. will make you want to be like all right now's mellow time now's the time where we do chill <laughs> yeah, and we don't have to be happy just mellow. relax yeah, yeah.
1: and i grew up in a house like that. We, you know my, my dad and my mom uh, me and my sister i mean they're, they're we're we are pretty we love a good laugh and uh mm-hmm. you know and so uh even uh probably one of the probably one of the most recent laughs uh that i got i think jason that's in me did y'all hear about this uh the mic michael todd using the Please tell me, y'all really didn't hear about this?
0: Uh, I don't even know if I know who Michael Todd is, Chip.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I know who Michael he's a Todd pastor. Is
1: he's a pastor in Oklahoma. And I oh, uh,
0: yes, I know who Michael Todd is.
1: Yeah, pastor in Oklahoma, and he, uh, you know, really charismatic guy. But he literally, he uh, two two weeks ago, he used the illustration to talk about what following God may seem messy, and talk about when Jesus spit into his hand and wiped the. Stone oh in the yeah, eye. yeah, yeah. But this guy, he like, now guys, we're in a pandemic one, but then two. <laughs> yuck like we just don't do that but his brother's on stage and he literally spits and not just any spit he hawks up and spits and he wipes it on this guy's face so yeah yeah like don't look at the clip but but this was uh my sister sent me this uh the other day i'm see hopefully y'all can see it (laughs) that is
2: fantastic (laughs) Oh, I'm
1: that's telling so you, man, funny. that's all my sisters man. Listen, if, uh, and uh for those for those who listen, there's this picture of when Cuba ben Jr. was getting arrested and walking away. And uh, the, the caption says me leaving church after Pastor Todd wiped spit in my face. Uh but because uh, that's very true. Uh you know, if you your pastor spits in your face, yeah, yeah, you probably you have to be escorted uh, out because you put your hands on
0: the first article <laughs> title that, that popped up when I typed in Michael Todd Illustration was Spit Hit the Fan as Pastor Mark. <laughs> That's a great one. Yeah,
1: dude. We have like so, so that's kind of even the way we uh we get along, man. So uh, yeah. so yeah.
0: That's cool, man. Well, I want to be cognizant of your time. Uh I know you got stuff going yeah. on. I know I got I got I'm on a timer when we record during the day with my son waking up from a nap. But I do have one last question for you. Um yeah. have you are you up to date on the new uh Boba Fett? Man, I
1: have to watch this week's episode. So I have I watched the uh I'm up to three four is to, this week, right? the mm-hmm. one that blows my mind right now, dude, what's up with this like jacked up, um, um, Wookie? What, yeah. Uh, what, what's his name? Know,
0: I, it's something it's I But can't in, remember Star,
1: in Star Wars with Han Solo. Who's is Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chewbacca. I don't know why I couldn't get you name in it, Cause I've been more in the Marvel than i in Star Wars. I'm still catching up with Star Wars, but I was like, dude, what is this like jacked up Chewbacca? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, so,
0: uh, I, what's your overall, what you like, do you enjoy it? Have you enjoyed it so far?
1: It, it's been it's been okay. It's not been as good as I've enjoyed Mandalorian.
0: Mm-hmm. Same.
1: I definitely man Mandalorian was and I, you know, I don't know if it's just the, the Baby Yoda or just or the speed. I think this one definitely had a slower start.
2: <laughs> Very slow.
1: Um, yeah, slower
2: than it. Mandalorian. I it's didn't It's like watch either, have you honestly. watched it, Scott, at all, Boba Fett? I'm, no, and I'm not going to. It's
0: like they're trying to develop two different stories, but neither of them are gaining much
2: traction. And like, uh, I'd
0: rather just they have stuck to this flashback and made that the entire thing, or just done yeah. all present day. But they've. I mean, spent maybe a-
2: if they would just make it like the Hobbit movie, which is the greatest trilogy of all time. So don't wow. listen. Don't listen to anything Scott wow. says. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like he he said that openly. He was comfortable saying that. Too, yeah. Greg. Like that's the part. Like they there they was like there was like no. <laughs> awkwardness about it he wasn't like he. just this is just this is my conviction Yeah. The, the hobbit is better than lord of the rings
2: yeah
0: for sure
1: we would not even have the hobbit if it we wasn't for lord of the rings
0: chip do you want me to kick scott well, off so i can mean, continue this conversation
2: no or? you wouldn't have you wouldn't have lord of the rings without the hobbit the hobbit came first in the in books. books
1: in the books yes but notice what launched the movies
2: yeah I mean, so, they saved the best for last. So. Scott, guess, have you watched well, the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Just like the the last Star Wars movie is the best one ever made.
1: Mm. Rise of the Skywalker.
2: <laughs> so, so, Boba Fett. I, uh.
1: I enjoyed it. Like So, so, here's like, so I, I, I love when I talk to people who are like a real star. I think when I talk to real Star Wars fanatics who've been there from the beginning, mm-hmm. it's what I sound like being a Marvel fanatic because I've been there since Iron Man and the Hulk, like since the original movies that started off the MCU. Mm. So, the, you know, for me... I, this is no lie. My first Star Wars film to watch, start to finish, was uh, the J.J. Abrams one, uh, mm. the episode. It was that Seven.
0: Six? Seven. Seven. Yeah. So when the I first Force went, Awakens, mm-hmm. Force Awakens.
1: That was my first Star. And, and guess where I saw it too? I saw it at the uh, the Blue Dome. Uh, the, IMAX USF, the IMAX one. The IMAX. one Across from U.S.F. Oh, uh, um, what is that?
0: Mosey. Thing called? Mosey. Yeah, Mosey.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that was. That was awesome, dude. Was I'm like, sure. Dude, I, gotta yeah. watch, I gotta watch every movie like this. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I need to go see one. it. Yeah. So so when I watched Mandalorian, I really watched it just to you know check it out, and I enjoyed like the action in it, and of course Baby Yoda. Uh, in that, uh, I did enjoy. I, I watched Solo. I've seen Rogue One, and like I said, I've been, I, I've mostly enjoyed the movies. But 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 when I talk to people who are like. They've been there since the beginning, like, oh, man, they're jacking up the storyline. And, man, they don't know. Yeah. Man, What are they doing here? And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know, I get it because yeah. I can feel I, that yeah. way about Marvel, especially I feel Black that, though.
0: I feel that, though. I don't – here's the thing. I trust Marvel, even when things I'm not excited about. I trust them to do a good job and hook me in. Like Hawkeye, I was kind of like, I don't have any expectations for and loved it, you know. Um, I
1: just to about Hawkeye. Yeah. I actually started to care about Hawkeye because mm, yeah. in, in Endgame <laughs> – I was okay with Hawkeye dying for the yeah. soul stone. Like, we like, needed to keep Black Widow. Yeah, when Hawkeye lived and they killed Black Widow, I was like, no, like, I'm cool with Hawkeye dying. Nobody cares. Like, yeah. and we already know his family story. So great. Uh, but then watching Hawkeye, the TV show, I was like, oh, okay, well.
0: They humanized him. But yeah, I don't trust Star Wars with the same thing of making it good, even if I don't expect it. But I, No, <laughs> you know, Hawkeye, um, all right. Hawkeye, Loki, all those. Loki had like two hours of screen time, I think, across all of the movies. And then they had six hours of screen time just in oh. his show. And Girl, like he, the Loki. character, it's great. The character development they can do in them is great.
1: Oh, I, one of the best memes I saw, though, uh, when Loki came out after that first episode, <laughs> they t- somebody uh, put out this kind of meme about like, a, like a, they showed a snapshot of WandaVision when she was like, when she's on the knees and all the magic comes out it comes out at the beginning like mm-hmm. how it all began then uh they showed and falcon and uh falcon winter soldier when they were both with the counselor and then it showed loki when he's in that first episode to tears watching his whole life and he goes it says marvel is taking everybody to therapy <laughs> 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 and i was yeah. like you know that's kind of true because you got grief. You got loss. I mean, you got all these things. And uh, but Loki, but but rather than WandaVision having it through the whole series and then Captain kind of going The Soldier the whole series, they said Loki's therapy session was in all one episode. <laughs> but Yeah, man. It's been. I, I, but I, I agree. I, I think Marvel has done a great job. But and I would say this too, guys. Because Disney's got so much money now, they can make uh, crap. Like they can make stuff yeah. that, like Eternals, like. It, you know, it probably <laughs> yeah. the, it's the lower like it, it. They have some pretty good elements to it. Some stuff that I, you know, I didn't agree with liking. You know, but some stuff is real slow. But it's like, I mean, when we're making, you know, hey, you know, Spider Man No Way Home came out billion dollars. Yeah.
0: So you can like, make a you can make a D level movie every once in a while, and it's all right. So. <laughs> Nick, I'm just like really, about, about, I'm really excited about I'm really excited about the plot of the deviant that they introduced in Eternals. I'm excited to see where it goes. You right. know? Uh, they really developed them well. They really had a point to them. Um it was great. I need to see the Eternals. <laughs> the main deviant in the movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think he's joking, right? Greg. Greg, yeah. I think you're joking about that, right? Yeah. He, the main this guy, they did develop they developed
0: anyway. this this like main villain, this main deviant, and I kid you not, he had no purpose at all. <laughs> yes. He was just there. What and then even... disappeared and everything was fine. It made no sense, but
1: <laughs> well, I'm so I'll, confused. I'll say, Scott, when, Scott, when you see Eternals, you will have at least two awkward moments, and and one involves hetero, <laughs> and the other involves <laughs> Eternals was the first movie to have a love scene, and that I was like, dude, what do we? What yeah, are you doing here? I'm is- I'm
0: there watching it in 3D with my friend from church. And I'm like, I'm taking out my glasses like, dude, what do we sign up for? <laughs>
1: and then and then just so you know, Scott, there is a there's a couple, a uh, man and a man who have a son. And, you know, that, mm. you know, that just uh, so. But and, but and of course, we knew that was coming at some point, uh, you know, even on Disney Plus, there's always been some movies going in that direction. So that'll be another decent dialogue for another time.
2: Yeah, uh, that could start a whole another conversation. Watch it, Scott. Watch the Eternals this week, and then we'll talk about it next week.
1: Yeah, but, All right. uh, Scott, please tell me you've seen Spider-Man though.
2: The newest one? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't even see the the. I'm I'm really not close to home or something. What's the... <laughs> I'm, really I'm, really not... <laughs> I'm really not. Really not close to home. That's awesome! Yes,
0: I'm really
1: not. That that was actually the title they were going to go with. Uh, yeah, right. way better. the one with green
2: green green gosling what's his name <laughs> the green gosling, green gosling. Yeah. yeah
1: it's ryan's uh alter ego uh ryan gosling's alter ego that is funny no but you got to see spider-man no way home was just
2: that's uh, what i've yeah. heard it's really good well
1: far, far from home was the one when uh he was with mysterio
0: yeah that uh, one i didn't also very that good one either also very good
1: yeah like i said if even if you hadn't seen far from home you can see no way home and then catch up later you got to see but no way home doesn't just um uh, engage this spider-man
0: i'll just say it like that
2: well yeah you know I've, i mean? i know the the spoiler or whatever like all the different universes and whoa dude yeah. you didn't say
0: spoiler warning on our podcast what if somebody listening a spoiler hasn't...
2: warning there's Damn. universes
0: all right well chip our meeting is about to end in immediate in a minute
2: so thank you guys um, this was yeah. awesome thanks for joining us yeah dude i, I appreciate you, it a lot dude. man
1: I'll do it again sometime, man. Hey, and say it fast. When you guys paid me today, just yeah. pay me that again. Uh, next Perfect. time we'll do it. Yeah, so the check's in the
2: mail. Sounds so good. just yeah. be on the lookout right. for it. I don't know. Mail's been crazy these times. So yeah. hopefully it gets to you. Yeah. Love you guys. See you, man. You too, bro. See right. ya. Peace out.